Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. 105 in Edmonton, it's Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Coming up here, we're going heavy world juniors, and why not? We had the first pre, uh, pre-tournament game go down uh, last night. Yes, 6 nothing win over Switzerland. Yes, and you know... That's kind of how they go in the pre-tournament, but excited with uh, Stephen Ellis on the line to learn a little bit more about that. And then later on, we'll hear from St. Albert's own Zach Ostopchuk. He's the captain of the Vancouver Giants. I sat down with him late last week, just talking about, of course, everything that's going to come up this holiday season. Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff is our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And I got to bring it in like that, Stephen, because you're headlining over and above uh, Frank Saravalli today. How does that feel? <laughs> oh, does he know that? Uh, I, I, I think you should probably tell him. I didn't make it yeah, too I... obvious. I'm going to leave that for you. <laughs> Perfect. I Good love stuff. That. Uh, so, Stephen, you were uh, you had on the show back in August when we had the uh, the tournament here, the World Junior Tournament, and and that one was mired in all sorts of not only controversy but middle of the summer stands were empty. Just put me. Are you in? Uh, are you in the Maritimes right now? No, I won't be actually going in person this year. A couple of things to do, but uh, I, I could just tell you from just kind of seeing just video of practices and videos of the yeah. pre-tournament games. Oh my, people love it out there already. Oh, for sure. And I think that uh, you know the kids must be excited as well to to get out and some more of a traditional tournament, traditional time of year. Still, plenty of players from that August team trans- transferring back over to this one. But uh, overall, eleven WHL players, Stephen, and we are out in the West here, so that. That's um, that to me is one of the things that jumps off of the page when I look at the roster, the the 23 man roster here, of course, highlighted by two draft eligible prospects in in Connor Bedard and, and Adam Fantilli. But uh, overall, what do you make of the roster construction uh, for this team's chances to repeat as gold medalists? It's very easy every year to say, oh, well, this is the team to beat. But honestly, when you look at it, it's kind of hard to argue. Uh, they've got very strong defense. Uh, Brant Clark, Ethan Del Mastro, uh, Kevin Korczynski, Nolan Allen, and, of course, Owen Zellweger, the, the Ducks prospect. But then you go look up front, and you've got Bedard, and he might not even be the best player on this team because you got Logan Stankovin, you got Brennan Ottman, you got Shane Wright. And you saw this team go out there and play against Switzerland where it seemed like everything was just working perfectly. They got a good goaltending effort out of Thomas Millett. Uh, Benjamin Gujo is a good goalie himself, too. So uh, this is a team with very few weaknesses. And, you know, there, there were some players that were left off that would have been kind of interesting. Um, like Tyler Brennan was one of the goalies I thought would have been there. Uh, I would have thought Carson Lambos was going to be there. But the fact that neither of those guys are there in Canada's team still looks extremely strong kind of shows you the depth this team has and this 
to me, could be one of the deepest teams we've seen uh, at the World Juniors in quite some time. Now you got the CHL Player of the Year. You mentioned Logan Stankoven and then just littered with NHL draft talent and names that everybody, again, I say in the Edmonton area should be familiar with. Dylan Gunther, um, obviously you've got Olin Zellweger out of Fort Saskatchewan, Zach Ostapchuk I mentioned you'll hear later in the show. Uh, Reed Schaefer, though, this is Oilers now, so I better ask you, Stephen, your expectations for uh, what Oilers fans can can hope to see out of the big-bodied six-foot-four, 220-pound Reed Schaefer, who may even have been a long shot to make the team in the first place. Yeah, like when you look at it, this is a guy that started off the season just on a scoring rampage, and then you look at his last 10 games, and he only scored two goals. So you kind of look at it and say, oh, okay, well, they left off the top-scoring player in the CHL and Jordan Dumont out of the Quebec League, so they must be really confident in the, in the scoring side of things. But you go in there and Reed Schaefer, if he's going to be, I'd say he's probably your, your 13 forward or a fourth liner, but I think he's going to be an effective one of that because he's got the size. Obviously, he knows how to score, and I think when he's playing, that will be his job. It will be to put pucks on net, and there will be other guys out there to, to play a bit more of a defensive style, and he's not going to have a ton of responsibility. So I think that could suit him very well. We do see often uh, the 13 forward sometimes be one of the best players on the team just because they could be thrown into any situation. So I do think he'll be deeper in the lineup, but uh, I think that's also just kind of shows you just how strong this team is. Where did they deploy Shane Wright and Connor Bedard in that first game? Were they together? They were together with Brennan Ottman, who used to be Shane Wright's uh, super close buddy at uh, at minor midget U16 level, and they produced probably some of the most offense I've ever seen at that level. Uh, so then you had Connor Bedard as your third line mate, and it's like, oh, come on, this is stupid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're you're obviously, I've got you listed in Oakville here, Stephen. So is there anybody out of the OHL that's kind of maybe we should in the West keep an eye on that if we don't know a lot about, maybe we will by the end of the tournament? Yeah, so there's not a ton of uh, OHL talent on this team, but uh, I think Benjamin Gujo has the ability to potentially be a starting goalie at the San Jose Sharks at some point. You know, he's got good size, he moves well. He's he was a the backbone of that U18 team in 2021 that I know the broadcast is going to talk a lot about during the juniors because uh, there's so many of these those players from that team that are on this group. Uh, you look at. Uh, obviously Shane Wright, what he can do. Brendan Altman is like a tank out there. You know, he's six foot, but he hits as hard as someone you would, would be six foot four. Uh, he can absolutely punish you there. And uh, so those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. And uh, Ethan Mastro is a, a very solid defenseman, uh, six foot four, 209. And uh, Jack, Jack Major, a guy that I don't think a lot of people kind of predicted him to make this team, I'd say even a few months ago, but he's been a point per game player in uh, the OHL with Ottawa. He's six foot five, National Predators prospect. Uh, so he's a guy that I think a lot of people are going to start to fall in love with. Chatting World Juniors here with Stephen Ellis is the associate editor and prospect analyst for Daily Faceoff. Lots of Daily Faceoff content here on this Tuesday. Uh, you've mentioned goaltending a couple of times, so Seattle looks like the team to beat in the Western Hockey League, and that's where Tomas Milic comes in and, and has uh, been a big part of that, as I understand. But, you know, maybe not so much recently, but there was certainly a stretch, Stephen, with Hockey Canada where goaltending was like a weak point, a big one. Not the same thing this year, you're saying. No, I'd say it's probably the weakest of the positions, but I'm not necessarily concerned because the team just needs one guy just to play good enough. And you look at the team I'll bring up specifically is the 2021 team that lost the United States in gold. Uh, Devin Levi had one of the greatest tournaments I think we had ever seen uh, from a goalie at the World Juniors. And I don't think most people expected him to even 
make the team or even be invited to camp. So you just kind of need one guy to shine. And if you look at now, Milic has been uh, the guy who's just a hot hand right now, and he looked good last night. You know, Switzerland's not the hardest con- uh, opponent, but uh, it's still a team that put some pressure on him, and I thought he looked really good, and uh, he stopped a couple breakaways and everything. And uh, if, if I think maybe they give Gujo the first game, just given his, his pedigree of Hockey Canada, and I wouldn't be concerned about that. I think there's no game-changing goalie here. But this tournament overall this year has kind of got a step down in goaltending. There's no Jesper Wallstead like we saw in Sweden. There's no Ashcroft like we've seen of Russia. It's kind of a weak year for goaltending. Um, but I think Canada's goaltending will be good enough, and that's all they need. So Shane Wright, uh, you know, he comes back down. There was much made of, of the draft shun, so to speak, by Montreal and, and then a tough start for him out of the gate in Seattle, but found himself in Coachella Valley by all accounts and, and now it will be obviously a prominent feature. Um, I just wonder what you think of his you know, ability to kind of step up and help lead this group this year based on maybe what you saw. Uh, I guess he didn't play in the summer, did he? But, uh, you know, what you know of this player, let's say. This is a guy that I've been watching kind of closely. Like he, he grew up not far from where I grew up, so I saw him a lot of the rinks I'd go to, and kind of just seen the way he developed up here. And he, he thinks the game at such an incredible level. And I hate using the word elite because I think it gets thrown around too much when describing prospects, which I think is unfair. But he's an elite thinker. I think this is one of the smartest guys when he, he got the puck. And um, Last year in the OHL, I think people question, like, oh, we didn't go out there and blow the league offensively. And he still had, like, 90-something points. But uh, he, he was someone where he's so defensively responsible these days. Uh, the name that people kind of refer to him scout-wise would be kind of like a lower-level Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby's one of the best players in the world. And I'm not saying he'll be anywhere near that, but the way his style is, he plays the game, that's the player he looks up to. Um, so it's someone where uh, everyone seems to like him. All his teammates have good things to say about him. And I, I got to watch that Don Mills Flyers team that he was on. That I think they went like 65 and like one, like the entire season. He was out there and he was just doing so much. And the team loved him as an underage player. And, you know, this year, like he was, he was the captain of the U18 team in 2021 when, he was one of the youngest guys in the entire tournament. That shows you how much Hockey Canada values you. That shows you how much his teammates value him. And, uh, you know, he's got something to prove here. He scored a pair of goals last night at the, the pre-tournament game, so he's looking good right away. Connor Bedard looking pretty good as well. And, and there was a lot of people saying that he underwhelmed in that last tournament. Uh, but clearly, another year older, like this, this skill set, it looks ridiculous. He looks the part of, of um, an exceptional pick in a league that has not had one for X amount of years, if ever. Uh, all due respect to Rob Brown. Um, so, you know, tell me, I guess, what, uh, what you think the ceiling is for for a player like Connor Bedard and and you know we've seen McDavid on this team before we've seen Crosby where do you rank uh, what Bedard could do I think with Bedard when you you look at him and last night I believe it was three separate times he tried going one on five and he actually generated a goal for Shane Wright so uh, you know that's that's just kind of what he does he, he's he's kind of unstoppable at points and for for a guy that yeah i would agree it was kind of a quieter tournament he still had four goals he still had eight points in seven games but i think when you look at it, his his line mate was mason mctavish and mctavish had like a tournament for the ages so it kind of looked a little off in comparison but you know he's if he was going to play the entire whl season he was on pace for just under 150 points this year no big deal uh so uh he's he's the real deal and it's someone where there's been so much hype but he handles it so well i, I remember seeing interviews with him before he was drafted in whl and you would have thought he was 
already drafted to the NHL. He was so mature. Uh, he, he's a strong talker, but he's confident in himself. And uh, obviously, watch him on the ice. And if few players can be as creative as him, and we saw the last tournament, he was not afraid to get in people's heads. He was throwing hits. He was chirping players. You don't typically see that from star players all the time. And uh, so it's kind of refreshing to see. Yeah, you love the competitive level there. Uh, he, again, not the only draft eligible player. Adam Fantilli absolutely tearing it up at the University of Michigan this year. 26 points in 16 games. He likely to go in, what, the top three? I think it's fair to say. Maybe you are better to speak to that than myself. But again, I'll ask, you know, where does he fit in on this team as a, as a year younger than the rest? I think if I'm picking right now, he goes number two. And part of that is you're looking at projectable things uh, in his game. And, well, he's got the size, so that should help him move into the NHL pretty quickly. Uh, He's such a smart thinker. That's the thing with these young guys is you can be talented, but if you're going out there and and turning over the puck all the time or just giving the puck away and making dumb decisions, not passing the right guys, that can hurt you. And you'll see some skilled players will fall short because of that. But with Fantilli, I don't think that's, the issue. Fantilli is, uh, he, he went to the University of Michigan this year as uh, an underage player. Uh, he's a freshman and he was leading the scoring basically until he joined uh, Canada's camp. Uh, he was unbelievable at the U18s last year when no one was good on that 2022 team. Um, and, you know, he was on pace for one of the best seasons we've seen in college hockey uh, since maybe Jack Eichel. And I think when he returns to Michigan, uh, he can do that. So, uh, it just, you know, he's a guy that I think goes number two, and he's been number two kind of his whole life. He was uh, watching him in that same age group that Shane Wright was playing, and then they were both trying to go for exceptional status. Shane Wright got it, Fantilli didn't, but Fantilli was super close. I think if, if it wasn't for Shane Wright being the other guy applying, he probably would have got it. Um, but uh, the, he's a guy that's going to be a big difference maker. And then Leo Carlson on Sweden is another guy fighting for a top three spot. Uh, he's going to play a big role in that team too. So uh, it's a good year for draft prospects in this tournament. Yeah, tell me where uh, where else your eyes are going to be fixed over the course of this tournament, not just Canada, the U.S. always fielding a quality team. And I imagine a lot of players that Fantilli will be familiar with. Yeah, that American team, I got to see them in camp last week in uh, Michigan, and uh, this is a team that's going to be very hard to get pucks past. Uh, their goaltending is a, a big question mark, and I thought Trey Augustine, the 17-year-old uh, prospect, uh, played really good last night, other than letting in probably one of the weakest goals I've seen. Um, but their defense, it's, they've got uh, seven guys that are drafted to the NHL, and um, Luke Hughes is the one for sure to watch. He's the biggest defenseman, though, which at six foot two is not that big. But um, they're going to have a lot of speed and a lot of skill and some good shutdown guys on this blue line. And uh, you look up front, and uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat uh, because you know they 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 don't have like the same star power that Canada does, but they do have one thing that Canada doesn't have necessarily, and that's familiarity. A lot of these guys played with the program, the U.S. National Development Program. I would assume that we could see two full lines of. Uh, getting reunited from previous teams uh, and you got Logan Cooley and he, he was on a roll before the junior camp and, and um, uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, another guy St. Louis prospect was on a roll so those two guys are two of the, the hottest players basically in junior hockey right now I guess college hockey heading into this tournament uh, so they're going to be very hard to contain. Great stuff today Stephen. Where do people find your work? Just at dailyfaceoff.com? Yep, dailyfaceoff.com. I'll be also uh, doing a lot of tweeting, a lot of stories and everything on my Twitter, uh, FLS Hockey and uh, World Junior Spangler Cup. Can't wait. Best time of the year. Right on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. We'll talk soon.
Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Stephen Ellis there again from Daily Faceoff. He is the associate editor and prospect analyst. And uh, good chat there. I like getting the preview of the World Jays coming up. Canada opening against Chechia on Boxing Day officially, but some more pre-tournament action, I think. I think. Do they have another game here? Yeah. No. No. That was it. All right. Well, I guess you better be tuned up after one. I'm probably out to lunch. Maybe we'll take a break and I'll figure it out for sure. And then we'll come back. Does that sound like live radio? Let's do it. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Have your attention, please. Vince has texted to say there is a car spun out on the windy section of Grote Road, northbound in the curb lane. I imagine it's slippery everywhere out there right now. This weather is brutal, so please drive carefully. This texter says, I had the opportunity of watching Zach Ostopchuk during his Bantam years. Zach always gave it his all on every shift. Hardworking and great person. Too bad the Oilers don't see these guys. Ottawa got a gem. I would really like to see Edmonton hone in more on scouting the Western Hockey League and drafting. I mean, Ostopchuk worked his way up to a second-round pick, so that wasn't going to happen. But when he was projected like a fourth or fifth rounder, I mean, this is a guy coming out of St. Albert. This is the type of player who you should be able to identify better than 30-some-odd other teams in this league, right? This is your backyard. This is your turf. Where are your scouts? Why are you not the one benefiting from Connor Dewar on your fourth line right now? Or Mason Shaw, for example. Just to look at Minnesota. So I agree with you. Yeah. Herm texting in saying, uh, Oilers fans, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, more of an all-around player than Bo Horvat. This goes back to the conversation with Frank Cervalli. That would be a poor trade for the Oilers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins more valuable. Take a look at what he does for the Oilers. Can play center, wing, kill penalties, great on the power play, and a strong community player. At this stage, you're not getting rid of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If you were, you wouldn't have just signed the contract extension. But here's a guy with a, a resurgent offensive season completely resurgent and I can tell you that in my own personal experience that he does go the extra mile off the ice as well so it's 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 the kind of player you want in your organization and I'm sure his teammates feel similarly Kim wants to know um will it do the Oilers some good this year maybe just to not qualify for the playoffs well that's never going to be the goal Kim um give them more time to rest up physically and mentally uh for next year they never really had much time to heal from last year's injuries Next year, conference final, 2025 Stanley Cup. Is there some merit to that? Probably. It, it's kind of disgusting to think about what Dreisaitl has done, considering I'm also not convinced that he's fully back from that uh, from that high ankle sprain suffered at the hands of Mikey Anderson in the playoffs. And how often do we hear about the difficulty of repeating as champion because of the lengthy journey? that it take, like you just beat yourself to a pulp to get there and you kind of empty the gas tank and, and real, what is, a, what is a summer now to a professional athlete? Two weeks, three, you know? Like it's, I, I hear what you're saying, Kim. They are never going to actively try and look past the season that's right in front of them. But do they have a better shot perhaps in a year from now where they haven't had a big portion of the season without Evander Kane? It's good food for thought. 
One more text here says, uh, this is from Coach Gator, I think the main problem has been team defense, but the focus is definitely on Bouchard, Nurse, and Cody Cece. Those three, and whoever the number six D-man is, have not been good enough. I think they need to find a veteran D-man that can calm things down. I also think that Bouchard needs to have some nights off just to, just to watch. He's got to play better. I don't know that the de facto punishment, um, because it is such a uh, nails on the chalkboard type of a thing, it would be very glaring if all of a sudden Evan Bouchard was healthy scratch. We get suggestions all the time. Oh, just healthy scratch Darnell Nurse. Ask John Tortorella how that's going in Philadelphia. Healthy scratching guys like Kevin Hayes. Do you think that resonates really well with Hayes' teammates when they see the commitment that he puts out every single day at practice? laying his body on the line, you know, that kind of thing. And then the coach says, no, you're going to sit down tonight. I just don't think this is the right circumstance for that kind of thing. It is not as if these players who have made these egregious turnovers are unaware that they've made these egregious turnovers. They know. And you can't solve the problem necessarily from the press box. You hear guys that are injured for a while say it's good for a game, but it's such a different pace when you're watching it from 150 feet in the air versus out there in the thick of it, in the mud puddle, as Ken Holland called it. Very different. So, say la vie. We will hear from Zach Ostopchuk, one of five Edmonton area talents on this world junior team. They will drop the puck out east officially on Boxing Day. I could never find if there was a second pre-tournament game. It looks like there should be, but uh, good luck. Good luck finding it. Not exactly the most user-friendly website, I would say. Global news, weather, traffic update coming up with Eileen Bell, and then we'll talk to one of the Team Canada players from right here in St. Albert. Zach Ostopchuk when we return.